welcome to Lit with Lloyd. I am your host, Lloyd Russell. Uh, and a special thank you to KCAT for uh, uh, sponsoring our uh, podcast. Uh, today, my guest is Marina Adair. And this is a real treat for me because I have known Marina for about nine years. When we started our uh, book club at Recycle Bookstore in Campbell, she was one of the very first authors to come to the store uh, and um, meet with our members. So um, I'm really happy to have you here, Marina, and uh, uh, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited it worked out. Yeah, this is great. Uh, okay, so my first question is, um, you are a number one best-selling author and a New York Times best-selling author. Yes. What does it mean to be a number one best-selling author? So it means that one of my books hit all of Amazon at the very top above. It was the biggest-selling book in the world at one point. Whoa, and really? I hit, I hit number one in um, America, Australia, and Canada. Whoa, that's really a big deal. Huge deal. Has it happened more than once? or, or I mean, not that it just once is just once. No, it happened with Summer in Napa. It happened uh, once. And then it happened again with Autumn in the Vineyard over in Australia and Canada. Wow. Is it just in your genre or is it for all books? For all books sold, period. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm in awe. I mean, I feel like I should be bowing in some way. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really fantastic. Okay. How many books have you written and have they all been published? I have written, I'm on my 30th book right now. Wow. And all of them except for one has been published. And what happened with the one that wasn't published? Was that an early one? Very early on before <laughs> I knew what I wanted to write. And it was a, a YA with girls that had special superpowers. And then I realized it, I was not a YA author and I was a romance author. Wow. Yeah. So you never thought of bringing it out at some point down the road? No, actually I tried <laughs> to get agents based on it and I got 60 rejections. And I wrote my first romance novel, sent it out to my top agent. I, within four hours, she called, said she wanted to represent me. And I said, well, I've got this YA. Would you mind reading it? She got maybe 50 pages in and called me and said, I think we need to stick with your strength, which is romance. <laughs> well, I mean, you have a lot in common with Jean Owl, you know, for, for Clan of the Cave Bear, because she had 60 plus rejections for that book before it was finally picked up by an agent. <laughs> I just think that you have to you have to have tough thick skin because rejection is a big part of this industry. Yeah. So might as well start to get your your skin thickened before <laughs> you jump into the deep end. What what year did you have your first book published? 2011. Wow. So you've written basically 30 books in 11 years kind mm -hmm. of thing or 12 years. Mm -hmm. So that averages out to two to three a year? Two to three a year. Some years it would be four, some years it would be two, but two to three a year. Uh, how, how did you get your first book published? Was it through, you just, you sent it out to, you said one agent? I took my top agent, sent her, I queried her with my manuscript and she represented me. We went back and forth with some edits and she sent it out and, um, Amazon was just starting up Amazon Publishing and they were looking for some flagship authors and one of their editors said do you have a holiday romance and my agent said oh I have the perfect one for you huh. kissing under the mistletoe 
Um, oddly enough, it was not a Christmas romance when we said that it was, and nor was it finished like we said it was. So I had 20 days to write an entire novel. You hadn't even started it I yet? I had the first three chapters, okay. which is what we sent for the proposal. So That's great. But it taught me what I could do, and if in a crunch, I could write a book in yeah, 20 days. Yeah. Um, have you had more than one uh, agent, publisher, editor? Um, same agent. I think finding an agent is like finding a partner. It needs to be someone for life. Um, I've had multiple agents and I've been at multiple publishing houses. So I've been at three different New York houses. I've been with Montlake, which is a Amazon print imprint. Um, and then I've self-published six books. Really? Mm-hmm. What made you decide to self-publish when you obviously could have found a publisher? Different kind of books. So like Fobo, the book that's on the screen here. And right here. Right there. Um, it's more something that would be more like TikTok viral. Like the different tropes that I use from a, from a fake dating to mistaken identity, a one night stand. It's more what Kindle Unlimited readers are looking for. And New York is looking for something... I don't want to say deeper, but more complex with um, family situations, sibling situations. So the book depends on if I self-pub it or if I give it to my agent. And so moving forward, you'll still make that decision based on the subject matter of the book. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> I want to get into the TV movies, but <laughs> there's so much stuff to ask you. Uh, have you ever considered writing in a different genre? No, and I have friends that say, man, if I could write blah, 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 if I could jump into mystery, romance is my thing. I'm really lucky that I found it um, right off the bat. Well, I tried YA, but it was still a YA romance. Uh-huh. Um, but no, once I found my voice in romance, it's I like that you know that they're going to end up together. And with everything so up <laughs> in the air in our world, it's nice to pick up a book and know that it, there's going to be a happily ever after. Yeah, even in romantic suspense, it still ends up uh, yes. together. Um, it, it's amazing to me that you know that that you've been able to to write so much and and you know in such a short period of times. But do how do you come up with your different ideas? It could be anything from maybe a line that I hear on television or my husband say to some someone or he's in search and rescue, he is the romance hero. Um, he volunteers for search and rescue in Santa Cruz County. He's a black belt in Aikido. I mean, he's what romance novels are made of. So he'll tell me a story about search and rescue. Um, that inspired an entire series, which was my Sierra Vista series. And that was based on the different um, experiences he had had in search and rescue. Um, when I wrote Romantically Challenged, which is one of, I think, my favorite book that I've ever written. Wow. It was, I wanted to write Three Men and a Baby Meets Crazy, Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> so my daughter is Asian. <laughs> and she said that there's never someone who looks like me on the page of a romance book. So I wanted to write a book dedicated to her that the, char the main character looked like her and had a similar background to her. Wow. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I have thousands of questions. However, uh, one of the things that just about every author I interview says is that at some point, a movie or TV studio 
showed some interest in their book. Yes. Uh, and even Barry Eisler, who, you know, told us this whole story about, you know, his John Rain character was going to be played by Keanu Reeves and the, the he and Keanu met in Japan and, it, you know, everything was moving forward and then it didn't. So tell us about your books that have actually become TV movies and how it happened. And I also want to hear about, I think the, the listeners want to hear, what input did you have? Were you on set? I mean, tell us all about that because you're one of the very, very few I know that actually had books made into movies. Yeah, it was really exciting. My background, I have an MFA in screenwriting. And when I went into novels, I kind of had to give up on that dream of seeing my work on the big screen or the little screen. So when Summer in Napa hit number one on Amazon, a producer reached out to my agent and said, hey, we'd like to take a look at this. Has anyone optioned it yet? And she said no. And he read the story, loved it, optioned the book. It took three years for the movie to actually be made. Wow. So, um, and I've had other nibbles on on different books as well. And it's, it's what a lot of authors experience. There's all this interest and they tell you all of these wonderful things <laughs> and then you never hear from them again. <laughs> but this guy was different. And so three years, a little over three years after he had optioned it, he called and said, we got a green light and we're gonna start filming in 12 days in Canada. Do you wanna come visit the set? So it was three years before the filming even began? Correct. Just to get the, the approval? From, yep. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Putting the right cast together, putting the package together so that Hallmark would say, yes, this is exactly what we're looking for. And, and so you did you go to Canada? We did. It was a, was a great little romantic getaway from my husband and I. But um, we were able to sit on the set. I met the cast. Uh, <laughs> they had a little writer's trailer. Um, so when it got hot during the day, I could go sit in my trailer and eat all this wonderful food that they had laid out for us. They treated me like a queen for the day. Um, but I was just up there for one day. It was really neat uh, to see it all happen. But I knew from just the scenes that I that were being shot while I was there uh -huh. that the movie was going to be very different from my book because we saw three scenes shot none of them were actually from my book <laughs> so I got a really good idea <laughs> on what to expect when the final project was done and that was the first book that was Summer in Napa the first book okay they titled it Summer in the Vineyard yeah um we had an author come to the club very early on, and Natalie Bazile is her name, um, and she wrote a book called Queen Sugar that ultimately oh. Oprah's network, yeah. you know, picked up. But what they did was they added a sibling because they needed something that would make it last some period of time. Yeah. So I, I, I I'm sure that 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 the basic the basic nature of the of a book is is the center of the movie, but yes. I guess they make a lot of changes. So when you saw the movie, were there a lot of things in there that you actually had written? Yes, there were There were some. And um, my friends and I played a drinking game to where every time a line would come on that I wrote, we would cheers and, and take a drink. Um, Hopefully you were very tipsy by the end of yes. the day. <laughs> but I think coming from a film background, I knew how many people it takes to put a movie together. And so I wasn't, surprised when they kept the heart of the book but all of the other elements had changed or a lot of the other elements had changed but they know what their viewers want yeah just like i know what my readers want their viewers have different expectations 
So they were making a movie that would hit that reader expectation with their audience. So how did the second and ultimately third one get in? And was it, or were they part of the same series? Part of the same series. So the second one was um, Autumn in the Vineyard. Actually, I apologize. Autumn in the Vineyard <laughs> was the first movie made. Summer in the Vineyard was the second movie made. And Autumn in the Vineyard was such a success. It was the Neil rated number one in its time slot that wow. it greenlit Summer in the Vineyard. And then that made the number one time slot on the Nielsen ratings. And then that greenlit Valentine in the Vineyard, which there's no book Valentine in the Vineyard, but they took pieces of some of the other books in the series and put them together no to make kidding. a movie. Wow. Yeah. Uh, when, what years did they show? I think it was 2016, 17, 18. Okay. Um, were you satisfied enough with the third movie? Oh, absolutely. There was nothing of what I had written. The heart of the story was there, but that was about it. <laughs> were, were any of the actors in all three or at least two of the three? Yeah, all the actors um, went through from, because it, it surrounds in Napa Valley, a big Italian, two rivaling families. One's uh. a, a French winemaker family and the other one is an Italian family of winemakers. And so there's feuding over... You know who gets this these four acres in the middle of saint helena uh -huh. um so it was the same cast throughout all of the three movies uh were they actors that you had known beforehand yeah rachel lee cook who was uh -huh. in she's all that she got cast as the lead came on as an executive producer <laughs> and they hallmark was just launching their um i think it was called autumn splendor or some new you know how Hallmark has their Christmas movies? They yeah, wanted yeah. to create the same kind of thing, but all movies about fall. And so more ours was one of the first ones that they looked at. As soon as Rachel Lee Cook got attached to it, immediately that's when it was greenlit. And then Brendan Penny, who's also a big Hallmark actor, and, and he's been in Chesapeake Bay and some other shows. So yeah, I knew both the lead actors were really good actors and well-known. And, and you were satisfied with the movies themselves? Yes, absolutely. They were well made, well, and very well, well acted, made. and all that. Yeah. Wow, that is that that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Have you had any other bites on any of your other movies, uh, books rather? <laughs> Actually, yes. Um, fingers crossed. Uh, I've had an option on my Win in Rome series, which, like I mentioned earlier, romantically challenged is book one, and that's the one I dedicated to my daughter, so it's uh -huh. close to my heart. Um, they're looking at making a TV show based on the three books in that series. And it would be like Bridgerton or Virgin River, one of the, you know, 10 episode series that Netflix or Hulu yeah. would wow. make. That's really exciting. Very exciting. <laughs> Very exciting. Uh, by the way, I think uh, my wife and I really like Virgin River. <laughs> oh, me too. It's a great show. I think it's November for the next season, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we will be right back with Marina Adair. Thank you to the city of Montessorino for their continued support of KCAT Public Media. The city of Montessorino has enabled KCAT to inspire, educate, entertain, and inform our community through the magic of television and digital media for over 38 years. Thank you. 
And we are back with New York Times and number one best-selling author, Marina Adair, who's been telling us before the break about books to movies. Uh, fascinating stuff. Uh, when will you find out about the uh, Rome series? Hopefully in the next couple months, but the writer's strike has kind of put oh, a little, yeah. you know, a little stop on that. But hopefully in the next few months, we'll hear something positive about the funding being locked down. Okay, so let me go, let me ask you something that you that you mentioned. When you say number one in the Nielsen ratings, yes, is that is that for every channel? How does that work? There's um, it's every show that so every channel um, and there is sports and then there is everything else. Oh wow! So there's two different categories. So mine was in the everything else, which is everything from dramas to game shows to whatever was airing in that time slot. Wow. That's pretty darn good. Yeah. <laughs> I had no clue. I don't think the producer did either because the email I got that next Monday or whenever the ratings come out, there was lots of capitals and exclamation points. He was very happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Understandably. Yeah. Uh, okay. So on the screen, we've got a book called Phobo. Yes. This is a little bit of a departure from what you've normally would write. It's still um, romantic comedy uh, or romance at its heart, but it was the first book in um, a self-published series, which I've done self-publishing before, but this book was a little bit different because I looked at what was going on in the TikTok universe and I figured out what tropes were hot. And by trope, I mean it could be friends to lovers, enemies to lovers, mistaken identity, and I handpicked the top tropes that were selling and formulated a book around that. And it's done great on TikTok. Um, the first week the book came out, it was doing okay. And then a couple of TikToks hit off and it hit the top 100 on Amazon. So. Wow. Yeah. Tell us, I mean, I, I, even though I'm very old, uh, I had heard of TikTok. Uh, tell us what TikTok has to do with publishing. So TikTok now, because books have been, because TikTok sells so many books by authors putting on little like movie trailers, but for their book, uh -huh. um, it has such a direct uh, relationship to sales. TikTok started saying, well, why don't we start our own publishing arm? So they've just started their own publishing arm. It's been a soft release and um, they just offered me a two book option on my next two rom-coms so I'll be one of the first authors in on it's called eighth note public publishing so so they're actually going to publish your books they're going to publish my books just like a New York house they're located in downtown wow. Manhattan they wow. have an office in Beijing and so it'll just be like competing with Macmillan and Hachette and HarperCollins wow yeah and you're one of the very first authors that they picked yes yeah, so uh, I don't know if you've been in a bookstore lately. There's there's not all that many left, but when you go into a bookstore, they will have a table at the front sure. with books on it and it, a big sign that says Book Talk. And it, or you have to be a, a viral sensation on Book Talk in order to get on this counter. So it's kind of like a badge of honor that uh -huh. these, and it's mainly women, that these women wear to be on this book talk table, like Colleen Hoover and Tessa Bailey and Allie Hazelwood, all the greats. So TikTok has really revolutionized how authors like myself can be competitive in the marketing side of things. 
not all authors have $100,000 a month to spend on yeah. marketing and Facebook ads. But on TikTok, <laughs> it's free. And so when, have you written the books yet that TikTok is going to publish? Um, I am a third of the way through the first book okay. that they're going to publish. And what we've heard that it, it, certainly among the big publishers that from the minute the book is basically uh, done and and submitted, it's like a year before it actually hits the marketplace. What's the story with TikTok on that? They're all, they're a tech company first and a publishing arm second. They're like Amazon. So it's all about business now, rush, rush, rush. So from my understanding, as soon as my book is handed in, it will go straight into editorial and the marketing department's already working on covers. And as soon as we go through um, the different rounds of editing, they will launch the book. <laughs> so it, it's erasing that the very first book I sold in a traditional deal that was in, you know, sold in Barnes and Noble and, and different bookstores was three years from the date that they optioned that book to the book actually coming out. Wow. And now a book that I turn into eighth note publishing, which is TikTok's publishing uh -huh. arm, could be um, put out and launched in three months. Uh, how long does it take to publish, self-publish a book? To, I mean, does it get published immediately? 24 hours. Okay. Yeah. And you still, do you, will you still possibly do some self-publishing? Yes, absolutely. I was working on the follow-up, um, Second First Kiss, which is the follow-up to Fobo. And then when I got this opportunity and I kind of pushed that to the back burner to finish up my TikTok book, which is called um, uh, Love to Hate You. So, so. You, you mentioned rom-com. Yes. Are all of your romances rom-coms? Uh, do you do any romantic suspense? Do you do any rom romances that are not humorous? <laughs> no, funny is me. I had a professor who said, if you could write funny, always write funny. And so um, I'm not funny in person, but I'm funny on Facebook. So if someone says something and I have a couple hours to think about it, then I go on Facebook and I post the comeback. But um, no, I, I always write funny and lighthearted. Um, lots of banter. My earlier books would be classified more straight romance. Uh -huh. But over the last five years, I'm definitely rom-com. Uh, uh. I mean, I, I, I personally enjoy that. I, I, I enjoy anything that's funny. So uh, romance is a good way to go. Uh, are romances still roughly 50% of all books? Yes. Wow. Yeah. It, it hasn't gone up or down appreciably over the years? No, I don't think it's, it might not be 50%. Um, I think that thrillers are the number one now, uh, but, or have slightly beat out romance was the last I had heard. But um, yeah, romance is a huge industry. A lot of readers out there. And the difference too is that your average romance reader reads a couple of books a week. Whereas like your thriller readers, it's gonna be your summer beach read. Uh -huh. So romance has all these voracious readers who want to get their hands on more, 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 more. That's so great. yeah, we love our readers. Uh, you must get a lot of, of comments on your on your um, website on Facebook uh, how do you answer people or do you have people answer for you I am still at the stage that I'm answering my <laughs> own but I'm starting to get so busy between yeah. doing my TikToks which I'm also farming out to someone else now um, and different book deals that uh, I've sold 
two different book deals this year so far. So four different books. And then I have two self-pub books that I need to get out. So I think that I'm at that stage where I need to hire someone to be my voice on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, how, how do you keep writing? Yeah, I, I, I work. That. I work seven days a week, twelve hours a day. Really? Yeah. Whoa. So, do you do? Do you have specific hours of the day that you write? When I wake up, and then um, <laughs> right before you go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and then I usually stop around dinner time because my brain is fuzzy. Like I'm, I've run out of words. I've run out of creativity. And then we go in, and we'll have dinner, and then watch some great drama or something. Or reality television like the Kardashians. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking to the right person about reality. I mean, The Bachelorette starts on the 26th. Oh, I can't wait. I was so disappointed in The Bachelor this year. He wasn't who I would have chosen. So I'm so looking forward to The Bachelorette. Yes, but he was better in person as The Bachelor than he was yes. as a guest or a I'll you know, give a contestant him that. on the other one. Yeah. We agree. Yeah. Uh, have you ever watched Love is Blind? Oh my gosh, yes. We love that one. I even got, I had a <laughs> surgery that I had to recover from for two weeks. And so I made my husband marathon, not just um, the first season, but the second season. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and now there's been three, I think. Yes. And you've seen the third season, yes, I would of hope. Course. Okay. All right. I, I'm not sure that's really part of the interview, yeah. but, <laughs> but, but it just became part of the interview. Uh, okay. So you're writing series. Have you written standalones as well? Yes. So um, one of the book publishers that I sold to Entangled earlier this year, um, my title is You've Got Mail, M-A-L-E. Uh-huh. And um, it's kind of a twist on You've Got Mail, the Tom TV, Hanks, Tom and Hanks Meg from Ryan, the 90s. Sure. It's a modern twist on that. Uh-huh. Um, I'm sorry, what was the question? I'm not sure. Now I forget what uh, the... Let's see. Oh, standalones. Oh, that yeah, will yeah, be yeah. a standalone. <laughs> and then the one, Love to Hate You, will be a standalone. So the, the publishers are seemingly looking for more um, standalones, but Kindle Unlimited readers for my self-published books, they want series. They want to follow those same characters in the same family for five or six books. Uh-huh. So you've had uh, several different publishers. You've self-published. You now have uh, TikTok's arm. Have you, had, have you had deals with publishers where they had the first right of refusal over the next two, four, six books? Yes, almost every um, contract I've ever signed, it's you, it's the first right look at the next book in that genre. Okay, uh, and but that's not the case, obviously, with TikTok. You were just able to pick them on yes. your own. Yes, so with Entangled and TikTok, um, my agent had that clause removed because she's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> and also because I was self-publishing a series, so I'm my own publisher. So I didn't want to be stuck in a situation where I'm writing for a publisher, but I can't write for myself. Yes, so yes, yes. That was how I was able to get out of that part of the contract. Wow. Okay. Um, do you see possibly going back to one of the the big five at some point or not? I don't know. I'm going to see how this TikTok thing goes. Um, I'm always... Mont Lake, which was Amazon's publishing arm, launched my career because they were doing things different. They looked uh-huh. at the publishing world differently. And I think TikTok is going to do the same thing. So I might stick with this for TikTok thing for a while and Entangled Thing, who I, they're a 
also a fantastic publisher who looks at books and publishing world a little differently. By going through a, I guess you have to call TikTok right now a smaller publisher. Yes. Uh, no matter where their headquarters might be. Right. Uh, do you have uh, any say on um, uh, on uh, the covers, the cover photos, uh, the narrators, either of those? No. Um, so I've had I have had publishers uh, send me. Um, an example of two or three different narrators to see if I preferred one over the other, but I've never had a say in covers. In fact, in one contract, it said that I had the say on, I had some voice on the cover and the cover came and I hated it. And they said, well, you, do you prefer this font or that font? So that was my say <laughs> in the cover was which font the title would be in. Uh, and you're fine with that? Yeah, I look at it that, I don't know what readers are looking for visually. I know what they're looking for in a story. Uh -huh. So here's people who have gone to school, gotten their degree and built up their resume. They know what readers visually um, want. So I'm okay not being in control of that. I'm not a control freak. And how about the narrators? Have you by and large been satisfied with your narrators? By and large. There was one that I wasn't fond of and I emailed my um, editor at the publishing house and with the next book in the series, they went with a different narrator. Uh, but so, for the most part, I've lucked out. I've had some really great narrators. Okay. Well, you mentioned um, with the Hallmark thing that uh, you, know, you went to Canada mm -hmm. and you've also mentioned Australia. Uh, have your books been... Um, um, put into different languages for countries around the world? Yeah, so um, you could buy me in Brazil. I'm in Portuguese, I'm in Spanish, and I'm in German. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and, and your publisher, whoever that is at the time, takes care of all of that? Normally, you sell to a different publisher in a different country. Ah. So you normally, own the author retains world rights, and sometimes, sometimes not. It depends on what each publisher's standard is. And they will, uh, your agent will go out and shop it to different international agents who then will shop it to um, a foreign publisher. So, but your agent takes care of all that. Yeah, she's fantastic. Wow. And you've had her since the beginning. You since said. the beginning. Yeah. That's amazing because it, it, it does seem like when we talk to different authors that that there's a little bit of a turnover, not necessarily yeah. you know, a lot, but there's definitely different, uh, different agents that, that come into play. Yeah. So that must be great that, uh, that you have the same one. Yeah. Like I said, I was really lucky that, but I was very specific about what I wanted. She was a lawyer um, and an editor for romance at Dorchester Publishing back in the day. And then she started her own agency so she had the contract background, the creative background, and the passion to be an agent. So I picked a good one. Good. And she obviously <laughs> picked you because she yes. said yes. Yes. And, and that was based on just your first romance novel. It was just based on the first 30 pages wow. of a romance novel. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I have anywhere from five to 300 questions remaining. However... Uh, we are basically just about out of time. Uh, I, I'm kind of speechless, although that's not common, because this has been fantastic. It's been so long since we've actually 
had a chance to sit and chat a bit. Yes. That I just didn't know most of what you told me. And it's just, it's fantastic. So I'm just thrilled that uh, that this that you're doing so well, really. Thank you. It's been an exciting couple of years. And, and as it should be. Uh, okay. Um, we are closing the book on today's podcast. I do want to thank KCAT for uh, letting uh, us do this. Uh, and I especially want to say thank you to Marina Adair for uh, taking the time to come in because it's been a real treat for me. Anytime. It was fantastic. Great. Thank you. We'll see you guys next time. You just heard Lit with Lloyd here on KCAT Radio. Explore all our KCAT original programming at kcat.org radio. Thank you.